Hi guys, Tomo Lovrick and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here. Uh, my name is Tomo Lovrick, also known as T-Love in landscaper circles, yeah. as you may or may not know. And with me, as always, I have the one, the only, the kiss-stealing, horse-riding, empanada-eating, money-making... Woo! 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 Mr. Young Sean Quigley, a.k.a. the Lord uh, Marshal, a.k.a. the Lord Chancellor, a.k.a. the Quig, as he is known in rocket scientist circles. Yeah. How are you, sir? Uh, good. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. We're, uh, nice weather we're having, you know, it's a nice... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely day. Uh, let me just clarify, rocket scientist is a general term. Uh -huh. So, are we talking at propulsion experts like engineers, or are we talking at astrophysicists? Do you know? Well, as the quig, the the, the, uh, I, the the my main contact is a guy named Dave, and he lives in a bus shelter. I don't know what, but he he assures me uh -huh. that the rocket scientist circles call you the call quig. Me the quig. Okay, all right, fair. I just wanted yeah. to clear that up for the audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you, thank you, sir. All right, folks. <laughs> So, as you know or may not know, we watch TV shows, movies, watch the middle 20 minutes of it. If it's in an, a language other than English, we turn off any subtitles or sometimes we'll watch an English speaking show, mm -hmm. but we'll put the subtitles on or the dub over in a different language and then we try to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, right now, we're in the middle of our multi-episode special. What we do, what we started doing yearly is the 2019 What's Going On Here Best Tournament. And we decided to do Bond movies. And we are in the midst of the Sweet 16 countdown of the Bond movies. Mm -hmm. And um, also what we do besides doing the reviews or special shows, we review drinks. Yes. So um, today, we so far we've done two different vodka martinis to honor the Bond movies. Yes? Indeed. One with Crystal Head vodka and one with Belvedere vodka. Today we are going to do the Vesper ah. martini. Which was originally written in in Casino Royale, the 1958 novel that Ian Fleming wrote. And the only difference is instead of, uh, what's it, like Kayla Lily or something like that, it's basically like a similar sweet liquor made out of white wine. We use the Noilly Pratt Vermouth, which kind of acts almost in a similar way. And it's basically one part vodka, three parts gin, and one part. Or two parts vodka, two parts vodka, three par four parts, nah, two parts vodka, four parts gin, <laughs> and then one part of the vermouth. The more parts of those you add, the less parts of your brain It's work. It is very true at this point. We <laughs> haven't tried it yet. But anyway, we're having a, a Vesper martini with 
Hendrix Gin out of the Gervan Distillery in Gervan, Scotland. Uh, or is it Gervan? I don't know. I'm not sure on the pronunciation. Uh, I have no idea. Or is it Gervan? Gervan. Oh, that sounds Scottish. That's gone Scottish, doesn't it? Gervan. Yeah. yeah. From the Gervan Distillery. Yeah, probably that. Probably Gervan. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay. So anyway, so we're doing Hendrix for our uh, gin. We're doing um, Crystal Head Vodka because that one scored a little better in the martini tests. Yep. Just slightly better. And we're keeping the same vermouth, the Noali Pratt vermouth out of France. So before we go on to the charts and I give people the numbers and where we at, shall we taste our Vesper Ooh, yes. uh, martinis? It's Cheers, very, my friend. Very good swirl. Uh, isn't, really. isn't this lemon swirl good? I'm going to have to take a picture of very the lemon good. swirl to show to people. Because this one is particularly nice. Look, look, look at that. Oh. Okay. Strong taste. Smell that gin. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What what what's what's the saying in the UK? Old ladies' poison, gin and tonic. Uh, oh, uh, mother's ruin. Mother's ruin. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, cheers, my friend. Indeed. All right. Let's taste this. Oh wow. Mm. Wow, that's. You know, on paper, if somebody said, I'm just going to pour mostly gin <laughs> in a glass and then yeah. add some vodka and some vermouth to it, and you'd be like, that's fucking disgusting, yeah, dude. No I'm way. not drinking that. And with a little lemon curl in there. Yeah. This is amazing. It's so clear. So good. How can you drink this much alcohol and it tastes so, so smooth? So smooth. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is good. Mm. This might be the highest rated drink we've had. Yeah. Oof. Oh my goodness. Mmm. <laughs> I can't wait till we try the next one. Because what the, percentage would this be, do you think? <laughs> of alcohol? <laughs> All. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the gin is 40%, the vodka is 40%, the vermouth I think is 16 or something. Yeah. So, you know, we're not having more than, you know, uh, 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 60% water at any point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is this is something else, dude. Mm. I would not imagine, like I said, mostly gin, vodka, and would taste so smooth. Yeah. This is... Because mm. if you have vodka by yourself, you're kind of like, ah, okay, you know. You yeah. have gin by itself, unless it's a very... And, and my go-to gin for that is Monkey 47. Uh-huh. And that's going to be the next... When we do the final, I'm going to go with the Monkey 47 for the Vesper. I would not say that this would be such a smooth drink. Yeah, no, I, no way. Well, I might have to, I might have to pause the show so we can make another one because this is just lovely. It's fascinating. I just like, I understand that the smooth. So like, I guess everything cancels each other out. I don't know. It's like the, the harshness of the gin <laughs> gets like yeah mellowed by the vodka. Well, Hendrix is a very nice gin to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But you're right. Yeah, this is this is basically this is basically what's his name from The Simpsons? Um, 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 uh, the, the 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 nuclear plant owner. Why am I blanking? 
Mr. Burns? Mr. Burns, yes. This is the Mr. Burns of drinks. Because if you remember that episode when they take him to the doctor, and they're like, oh, uh, there's nothing wrong with him. Oh, so he's healthy? God, no. (laughs) He has every disease known to man, but they're battling each other for supremacy, so his body's in perfect alignment. (laughs) That's what this drink is. (laughs) So this is a nice little drink? God, no. But I mean, it's damn, this is a good drink. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I think there might be like a hiccup in the show where we pause for <laughs> a little bit because, God damn, that's oh, good. Yeah. Ooh. Guy, wow. what's a guy? Guy. <laughs> oh, a guy. <laughs> I told my wife I was like she, she's always trying to get me to lose weight. I'm like, that's I'm that's me. I'm gonna be just a big old yeah. beer belly with some jacked arms if you send me to the gym. <laughs> uh, okay, so to the sweet sixteen. For those of you that uh, followed our countdown, we had a lower bracket where we determined two entrants into the Sweet 16 because there are 26 Bond movies, 24 unofficial, uh, 24 official, two unofficial. And we went down, kind of had to break down by the numbers where we had uh, four movies kind of face off each other to get into the lower brackets. Mm. And then that was like an Elite Eight countdown to face the lowest two from the Sweet 16 to see who gets into the actual Sweet 16. These numbers are solid. It's probably the best way to do this. We've already spoken to our friends at the Los Alamos National Laboratory. You can check the math and go talk to them. All right. Anyway, so we did the Q region last episode. And what we've determined, um, Skyfall versus the man with the golden gun, Skyfall went on. Uh Uh, Live and Let Die versus From Russia with Love, From Russia with Love went on. Which is technically the upset, but yeah. if you actually watch the movies, not really. Not really, yeah. Yeah, just just the, the numbers, because we ranked everything according to the inflation-adjusted numbers of their box offices. Uh, there was also a nice little uh, tidbit there that I didn't say last time, I just realized. Mm-hmm. Technically, mm-hmm. the last Bond performance that Sean Connery ever did, uh-huh. in fact, one of the last acting performances he did at all, was the video game they made of From Russia With Love. They made a, uh, like, I guess it was, uh, whatever, PlayStation 2. This was, like, early 2000s, 2005, no, 2006. Really? They made I, a video game of From Russia With Love. I seem to remember that. Yep. And and they got Connery to do Connery it. Connery did the voice for it. And he was, fat. He was like, they didn't even need to beg him. They were like, that someone... It was someone who was involved in the production knew someone who knew him, uh-huh. and they like it wasn't even like a licensing thing where they went through MGM. They yeah, literally, yeah. it was like someone knew someone, and they asked him, and he was sort of in semi-retirement at the time, or even after. I think totally, yeah. And uh, and he was like, yeah, we like my doctors have ah video games ah <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> well, she's bloody brilliant, yes. and he and he completely re went to the studio. And uh, did, did the all the lines voiceover. for the for the. That's right. Good for him. Yeah. Instead of going back to the film, which they could have easily done, and just had him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the studio do it. So it's technically the last Bond performance he ever did was from Rush with Love. That's fantastic. James Bond in a video game, Rush. and it's very strange because he's old man Sean Connery, but he's got the young face in the video game. Of course. So he's like, ah, oh, well, Penny, I'm so young and handsome. It's, ah. it's probably more realistic considering how much he was drinking and smoking. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's fascinating. Okay, yeah. all right. Then we had Casino Royale going against Moonraker, and Casino Royale. 
went on. And then Spectre versus Die Another Day and Spectre went on. Now, the, the, the comments I have for those. Die Another Day was good and bad at the same time. I discussed this on the last episode. And that was Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Moonraker. When I look at this, how much money this movie made, and the fact that it was right behind freaking Casino Royale, yeah. which, especially when it came out, and arguably to me, the best Bond movie. Yeah. The fact that it's one spot behind that, and Moonraker was oh. absolute garbage. I think of all the movies that could have replaced it in this Sweet 16. In, in the lower brackets? Yeah. Oh. You know, I'd take Four Hours Only over that. Yeah. I'd take uh, A View to a Kill over that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Doctor No, I Doctor No, I'd take over it for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, Tomorrow Never Dies, I take over that definitely. I take Octopussy over it. <laughs> you know what? I take Octopussy over Moonraker for sure. For sure. That, that, that's yeah. not even a joke. Yeah. The world is not enough. I would take over yeah. Moonraker. Yeah. Definitely. It's it's just yeah. and and definitely on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. So I mean, it doesn't matter because none of them would have beaten Casino Royale. So. No, no, but, yeah. they wouldn't have. But like the fact, it's just fascinating to me, like because of the stupid freaking laser yeah. <laughs> laser tag show they had, and like Star Wars and Star Trek motion picture came out, and everything was about lasers back then. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So and then the last one, the last match in that first round was Spectre versus Die Another Day, and Spectre went on. And then I realized actually, as I was putting it together to to, to publish it on the on the various social media. The Q region is basically going to be a, a, a Daniel Craig Battle Royale. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even realize it at the time. Which is good, in a way, because it means, you know, it's not going to... Because it very easily could have ended up just being, like, you know, the Daniel Craig movies... Versus themselves yeah, for the final. themselves. Yes, yes, you were right. So that's good, because, so. you know, you can make the argument. And I think one of the interesting things about this tournament and why it's and why it's hard and we've had a few times where we've surprised ourselves is it's only it's only for you kind of have to judge the films given all the circumstances because one thing is i keep going back to and i've been thinking about this with the daniel craig films is it's just like they have such an advantage over all the older films yes because of just experience like the yes. amount of that people know how to make films better now yes. the money involved yes. all the other actors yes. the costumes the cameras the yes. cars the Everything. Yes. Like, it just has such... You know, you think about the script writers or the editors or the people that are involved in some of these early ones compared to the people they have now. Like, it's a completely oh, different... Oh, although I will... Uh, uh, although I will say, if you... Act, I mean, as, as you watched all of them, as, yeah. as I did over again, when you look at the way they were making the Sean Connery ones, yeah, the scripts were really fantastic. Yeah, all movies. the other side actors were, eh. You yeah. know, it was like they were basically focusing... Bond and the villain characters and maybe whoever was the anti-hero in it, you know, your pussy galore or whoever. But when you look at like, because um, I'm thinking of and we're going to go over today, You Only Live Twice. The production that went into helicopter fights, you know, uh, 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 on ships. Oh, it, there's yeah. really a lot involved. And I did watch the Becoming Bond documentary oh, on your I recommendation. Watched I, watched, I, got through. I watched all it's of it. Good. It's fantastic. It he, really he's is so fantastic. charming. I like him. He's very charming <laughs> and it's very much from his point of view. Yeah, yeah. But if you go online and it's like there's really a lot of negative about him yeah. as a person. But this was actually really kind of like, you know, fish out of water story and how he became Bond and all that. And you're right, like it that documentary elicited nothing but sympathy. From me for him. I like the bit where he stopped, like you know, in the middle of it, and then the interview just says, 
exactly how much of this story is true, George? <laughs> Which part? He, he just he, like they're in the middle of standing. He's just like exactly how much of this story is true. Yeah, and he and he's just like, uh, like, like I think it's all true. <laughs> I think. Why would I remember it if it wasn't true? <laughs> exactly. <they're> like, well. <laughs> but but I mean, all of the the production value for that for under her uh, uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, they did have a lot of production value. Yeah. Now, a lot of it is dated simply because, like you said, the camera work and all of that, you're right. But if you're holding it for, the, for um, just a cinematic like production of it, yeah. and it is, and movie, and story, and all of it, they're still really good. Yeah. So I wouldn't give the Daniel Craig ones that much of a future advantage, and that's why. Because I think that's underselling the story and the acting and all of that. Yeah. But you are right, whereas in... They were concerned about everybody being a good actor, as opposed to the like the two or three people that were in the majority of the scenes, kind of stuff. Well, because back in the old days, it really was like broccoli, you know, Albert Broccoli, whatever. Just was in control of everything. Just did everything. Like he decided. Salzman. Salzman. Yeah. Just like it was like right. This is Bond. Yes. This is a villain. This is the book we're gonna do. Yes. This is where we're setting it. Yeah. Controlled everything, and now it is impossible. The director doesn't even have that much power. Yeah. The whole thing is committee. Yes, yes. Yeah, so. All right. So those are our four from the first round that go on. Skyfall versus From Russia With Love and uh, Casino Royale versus Spectre. That's going to be the next round in the Q region. Now, today's main focus is the Felix Leiter region where we have um, a couple of tough ones, I think. The the, the Q region was fairly easy because the disparity in some of the movies was just ridiculous. So, Goldfinger versus Goldeneye, which I think is a bit of a tough one. Because I think Goldeneye was probably B- Brosnan's best. Yeah. Um, it was his best. I, I think so, yes. The Spy Who Loved Me versus Diamonds Are Forever. That one's to me, is, is, is an easier one. Yeah. You Only Live Twice versus Quantum of Solace. This is an interesting one. Uh-huh. Though I would... Still say for me it's an easier pick. Yeah. And then Thunderball versus On Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one to me. Yeah. So where do you want to start? You want to start top or bottom? Let's let's start top. Okay. Work way down. So Goldfinger number three versus Goldeneye number fourteen. Sean Connery in Goldfinger in 1964. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan in Goldeneye in 1995. Um, Goldeneye, some great other actors in it. Yeah, we have oh, Alan right. Cumming, we have Sean Bean, we have uh, Robbie Coltrane is in it, right? Isn't yeah. isn't he in it? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You got great actors, but you got some like really crazy performances. Yes. I mean, great actors putting in some real kind of like hackish performances. Yes. Yes. Because even like Alan Cumming is technically not doing anything like bad. No, but it isn't believable. He's a little bit over the, the top. World. Yes, although of all the over the top performances in Goldeneye, Famke Janssen, I thought was brilliant. She's very good. She is yeah. so good. She was over the top. She yeah. was almost like like Heath Ledger. And I mean, I hate to make this comparison. People go, "Are you crazy?" But it's the way Heath Ledger did the Joker. Yeah, yeah. it was over the top, and then there was just something so cold about him that you believed it, and you almost like felt bad for him. Because he was so psychotic. Yeah. And she almost pulled that same thing off to me. Because like in terms of the anti-heroine, 
It's kind of like if, if you ever decide to watch Never Say Never Again, Barbara Carrera tries to mm-hmm. do it. And she, it's, it's like comical how over the top bad she is yeah. in it. Frankie Janssen, in, if you ask me, of all the Bond villainesses, nails it. I can't think of another one that, that did it better. Yeah, yeah. She, her performance, that to me, is fantastic. Yeah, she's, she's, she's brilliant. Yeah. She's amazing. And you almost feel sorry for the, like, the ugly Russian dude playing the like, lieutenant guy in it. Because like, he's not bad, but she just completely... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's her show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. It's almost like the reverse from The Mummy with the girl who was uh, Anaksuna Moon. Oh, yeah. Being the sidekick to him as the mummy. Yeah. It's almost like the reverse of that. It's like the, the Russian guy was a sidekick to Funky Anson yeah. as opposed to the other way around. She yeah. she really... I mean, credit to her as an actress. And I always wonder why she's not in more stuff. Because, one, she's gorgeous. She's super tall. She's obviously very talented. She was great as Jean Grey in the original X-Men, uh-huh. I thought. Uh, why she she's not... Recently, in, I feel like she was in something a little while ago. I know she did the uh, the burn notice a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because somebody I know was in that episode with her. Oh, she was in the Taken movies. In that the what? Taken. The Liam Neeson. The Taken. Oh, she was? I, I haven't she, seen any of those. She played his wife. She was the oh. Taken in all the... So she was the... Who was Taken in the first... No, it was the daughter Taken in the first one. Yeah. She's Taken in the second one. Okay. And in the third one, she gets killed. <laughs> okay. Uh, Not like I wanted to see those yeah. movies or anything. <laughs> uh, it doesn't ruin anything, I assure you. Uh, but she, yeah, she was in all those. Okay. Um, no, she's great. Yeah, she's. I, I yeah. I, like I think yeah, I think she's she's one of these underutilized. But for all I know, she might be in a million movies in Europe, throughout Europe or and Asia for that matter. For all I know. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm just, yeah, maybe. So I'm not sure. But um, Goldfinger versus Goldeneye. Goldeneye was good. It had a good premise. Yeah. Um, I really liked what Pierce Brosnan did. He really... That was... Timothy Dalton started that path where they showed him like a little more of a military background. Because, uh-huh. you know, Roger Moore was just like a slick guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, you never really got a sense that Roger Moore was very military. Yeah, anything. you got the feeling that he turned up to Sandhurst. He's like, oh, I'm in the military now. Hey. Like, oh, yeah. So where's, the, where's the poop tank? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anybody? No? Okay, well, I'll be over here drinking my martini. <laughs> Call me if the enemies turn up, will you? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's the impression you yeah. got from... But it started with Timothy Dalton in the in the Living Daylights. They kind of ignored it all with... with uh, what was what was the other one? Uh, 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 License to Kill, which was terrible all around, um, and it continued with Brosnan. And I thought like that because the opening scene was actually him and Bean, and I liked that they showed that because they never really kind of showed like a couple of the double O's working together. Yeah, which I wonder now that Marvel has done its thing so successfully, if maybe the Bond people would think about that. Well, what about 001 through 006? Mm. And you would kind of think 001 would be the best one. Well, there is which movie is it? There's one of the old. It's one of the older movie. I think it's a Roger Moore movie. Actually, uh, might not be. It might be Diamonds of Forever. Now I think about it. One of them, and it's the only Bond movie that technically has all the doubles in it. We only see their backs. Oh, 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 oh! I think that might be one of the previous Brosnan movies. No, it? it wasn't. No. Because no, it was a male uh, M. Oh, maybe it was more. Yeah. I, I know what the he scene you're talking in, about. He's the last one there. And they were taking their seats. He's like, "Will you just take the seat, Double Seven? Yes, 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 he yes. He's like one, two, three, four, five. Yes, 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 yes. 
I think it was it was either Moore or Brosnan. It definitely wasn't Connery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay, either Moore or Brosnan. It was Moore then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And I think actually in one of them, I forget now, didn't one of them, like one of the double O's walked out of the office was just getting briefed by M? Or? Maybe. Well, the, the, well, because Bean was double O nine or eight? Six. Oh, he was six. He was double O six. He was double O six. Okay. Yeah. And because that, then that played into it. He was a little bit more uh, like world weary than James Bond. He'd been around that little bit longer. He was double O six. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So he was yeah. a little bit like, oh, you know, I've been doing at this a little longer than you have. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Against yeah, yeah. you in the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. So that. Goldeneye, a really good intro to a new Bond. Surprisingly, numbers-wise, didn't do as well as some of the others. Um, Die Another Day did better. Well, Pierce Brosnan never did as much money-wise as the others, I should say. Well, he had some of the... That was a really bad time because blockbusters were king at that point. You think about the 90s, it was Spielberg... Like your Jurassic Park, yeah, your uh, your Pixar coming out, your Toy Stories, and yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, there yeah, were so yeah. many huge blockbusters so many huge, in the 90s. Yeah, no, you're right. And, Godzilla and, and all these big monster movies, disaster movies. There was yeah, so many. yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, you're right. So you're because right. I always got confused between Gold Knight, the uh, I got confused between the uh, character that what's his name, Alan Cumming played, mm-hmm. and then the um, in Jurassic Park. The I know he looks completely different, but it's such a similar Newton. character. Yeah, <laughs> Newman. Newman. I just got confused. I'm like, it's like two guys wearing Hawaiian shirts that like work in computer rooms who like hack and they're just like I, trying to. Fuck I forget the actor's name. He's wonderful. Um, I loved him Wayne, on Wayne. Wayne something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved him on Third Rock from the Sun. I thought he was yeah, brilliant yeah, yeah. on that. Yeah. He's a very good actor. He's a very good actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so there's. You're right. Golden Eye did did suffer from all of that, like the timing. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Goldfinger. Goldfinger was great because it was what was right before Gold. Right before Goldfinger was From Russia with Love, and you got introduced to Spectre in From Russia with Love, and Goldfinger was the next one, and you get introduced to. Like what was his Arno or Arno? Forget what his first name. Goldfinger, yeah. and that's really when the whole proxy, well, the proxy war started with, with from Russia to love, but then like proxy big guy and what he was yeah. trying to do, and just like the the scheme of it, like what they were trying to do, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was yeah. like no, 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 we're not trying to steal it. We're just going to radiate it so you can't touch it. So your economy yeah. just goes to shit. You know, the the, and again, very slick in the early days. China was kind of like a... They're all Chinese henchmen around, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they weren't explicitly calling Red China yeah. the enemy. And so it's like, they're kind of going to win on the economic front, and I'm just going to get crazy rich because I have so much gold and my gold isn't irradiated. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, like, in terms of plot, it's like, well, this is actually, this is really brilliant. You know, like, it, it, on an almost realistic it's level. It's like you need to show this film to Trump all these people that attempted to go to the gold standard. Like, we need to go back to gold standard. Like, did you see Goldfinger? <laughs> You're leaving yourself open. <laughs> exactly. So, um, that was really good. The There's whole... A lot of the tropes began in this. Like yes, in Goldfinger. Yes. Um, the car yeah, was yeah, first yeah. in Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you mentioned when we were doing one of the lower brackets, the whole thing about Spielberg's love for Bond and how he wanted to like oh his dream was always to direct one of the Bonds yeah, yeah. 
How great would it be if for like, to, uh, but they already, did they sign Mendes already for like the 25? The no, one Mendes didn't do it. No, it's uh, the guy, um, Fukunawa, Kerry Fukunawa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing it. That's yeah. right. But um, he just injured himself, uh, Danny Craig. Yeah, I saw that. Like the last twisted the last his ankle scenes. or something. Yeah, messed himself up. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about how you saying like with 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 Spielberg, and he pays homage to Goldfinger and the car. Uh, 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 to the Austin Martin, because you know Q famously and it's Desmond Llewellyn. Yeah. Shows the Aston Martin to to Bond, Sean Connery. And Sean Connery's in disbelief, which is actually kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's like, as opposed to taking it in stride, but this is like the first time he shows him, like, this is what we can do for you. This is how we help you in the field. And he's like, uh, machine guns? And he's like, you must be joking, you know? And he says, oh, and here's a button. This red button, Bond, don't ever, ever press it. Why not? Because it will open up the roof and eject you from the sea. You must be joking. I never joke about my work, 007. And he does the whole thing, and he's just like in disbelief. And then, of course, Spy Hunter, the video game, gets like inspiration from that with the smoke screen and the oil slick and, and you know, the machine guns, all that stuff. And in Men in Black 1, he's driving the car, and the car has almost like a handbrake with a big red button oh, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones turns to Will Smith and says, Kids, see the red button there? And he's just about to press it. Don't ever, ever, ever press the red button, all right? Oh, okay. And he just kind of leaves it alone. But it's almost like word for word yeah, yeah. What, uh, what Q tells 007 in the scene. And I was just like, because it was on TV the other day, I was like, oh my goodness, yes. That's the total just homage to the car and everything because yeah. he thinks it's a Ford piece of shit. But then when they press the button, it turns into this like lovely space car that can like drive on the ceiling and stuff, so... Oh yeah, but um, Goldfinger in terms of plot and Goldeneye in terms of plot actually similarly well put together. It does lose itself a little bit for me. Goldeneye in places, I think it it, it treads a line of trying wanting to be a slightly clever movie in places. I feel like yes, I agree. It starts off and it's like this is cool. We got some yes. good things, but yeah. then it's like. Around the middle, it starts to try and want to get, get too smart. Bit, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, we want to really talk about Soviets and like we want to get a little bit more like, oh, and I and you slightly lose the yeah. pacing. It gets yes. a little like, yeah, point. yeah, no, 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 you're right. Um, and also, there's no real reason why he keeps her around the Natalia. I don't understand that. It's like she keeps being on. Why is she still here? She was all she was is a fucking computer tech in the wrong place. The a wrong data time. tech. She's yeah, still yeah, 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 yeah. You're she right. She doesn't have any skills and she's holding a gun. She's shooting people. I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? She's literally, again, if Connery was the boss she, she, he would be just be like, ah, oh, you didn't stay back in the hotel. We don't need you. And then if she came there with a gun, he'd be like, slap her. Well, I'm going to use you as a fucking human shield. And that's it. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's those little tidbits that kind of screw it up, basically. Uh, golden and again, eye. that was what I said. We said this before. He doesn't sleep with anyone in Goldeneye, with the exception of Famke Janssen. Like they like yes. tease it, but he doesn't. The, the, yes, yes, yes. It's like the only Bond where the genuine Bond girl. Where's Where's the one? Where Which is the one when he's like speaking Norwegian or Iceland? Oh no, he's in Denmark. Is that Golden Eye or is that one of the later ones? No, or is no, that no. Tomorrow Never that's, Dies? That's World's Not Enough. That's the World Is Not Enough. Okay, yeah. yeah. So no, he doesn't sleep with besides Famke Janssen, like trying to like. Yeah. And he's enough foreplay. Yeah. 
because he tries to hit on her, but it doesn't get her in the like little gala event where he's at first, and then yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed GoldenEye, but like you said, there there just there's certain parts where it kind of slowed down and it tried to get a little too clever with it. I enjoyed Pierce Brosnan's in, introduction as Bond in the uh-huh. movie. There, I thought he would make a good Bond. In fact, I think in terms of Bond, the character, he was very good. Yeah. But like we said last time. He has the whole Irish Catholic guilt and has to beat off in a closet instead of <laughs> fucking a woman because there was literally... And, and I, I was telling my wife, was, I never thought of it until you brought it up. He literally has no chemistry with any of the women in no. any of the movies. Just, yeah, does not look interested. No, no. I, it's, it's just it's bizarre. He has more chemistry with Q. He does. You're, not, you're absolutely right yeah. with Q. But again, that's the whole thing. Desmond Llewellyn. Well and M, though. And, and, yeah, no, you're right. With, 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 with Judy Dench, yeah, he yeah. totally has. But it's a different thing again. It's a yeah. camaraderie as opposed to I want to bone you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're right. It's, I mean, for that, probably that reason. And I think script reason, I would definitely pick um, Goldfinger over Goldeneye. And uh, now Gold, Goldfinger had the whole hokey pussy galore, and that's her name, which I, was just. I like, would argue that they also, I think, with the Brosnan, if you watch them, they, not since the early Conneries, really, like it, it's like they go back to try and make Money Penny, really a realistic alternative for him. Yes. Obviously, because by the time this is the first time they've recast Money Penny since yes. she's an old woman. Yes. So, Samantha Bond. Ironically, ironically, Sam yeah, Bond. and uh, very easy to look at, by the way. Yeah, um, they, they, the chemistry, and they're kind of going working towards it. In every movie, Money Penny's in it, and they have one of those scenes where it's like they are literally about to like make out. Yes, and then they don't. No, right. And it's more than because even in the early ones, it was always very suggestive. Yes, but in the Brosnan ones, he is all—he's always about to try and like take her out or ask her out. This is something. true. That's a he good doesn't. point. And I have a feeling the initial plan was that in the end he was going to end up with her because it didn't end the way they're planning it. Brosnan yeah. was going to have another movie. Yeah. And then they, they fired him. Yeah. He wanted to do another one. And they got rid of him because Die Another Day, like, ugh. And he, it had got, there had been issues. I think it was MGM. There was all that stuff up in the air. And yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. the films, they didn't come out as quickly as they wanted them to. Right. It dragged. But I have a feeling like initially when they were first planning them, there was going to be a trajectory where probably, it ended up. Probably because, because a lot of the... In fact, actually, the only chemistry he had with a woman in that... In, in, in any kind of romantic chemistry was with Money Penny. Mm-hmm. And it was being done in a much more like, oh, you're trying to flirt with me? Mm, if you want a real woman, call me. In the meantime, go play with your you know little bimbos on the side. Yeah, That's yeah, the, yeah. the kind of vibe that she was giving him. And I really liked what she was doing with the character. And then, like you said... It, each one a little bit more, it started getting like, you know, I'd really kind of like to take you out for it. You know, it was yeah. like, like it would get kind of hot and heavy. And then, of course, in Die Another Day, she's got the little VR thing. Oh, yeah. Where he's about to bone her <laughs> and, 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 and Clancy, uh, uh, Cleese, I mean, walks in and it's like, Money Penny, are you all right? Yeah. Oh, oh, just trying the new VR thing. It's hot, isn't it? Very yeah. And she like buttons her shirt up and like leaves. It's just like, yeah. which I find utterly ridiculous. It's like, really, this professional woman in charge of one of the most secretive 
organizations on the planet is just going to sit with the VR goggles and freaking start diddling herself in the middle of a room somewhere. Yeah. Like, really, guys? Like, I'd like to see what it would really look like if she had the VR technology from, like, 2001. Because it would not have been... It would have looked like blocky, like, yes. like crazy. Yes. In fact, I knew somebody whose brother, years ago, his job was he worked as a programmer for one of these internet companies where you programmed, you would buy a dildo and like a flashlight yeah. oh, and, yeah, and you hooked up through the internet and you'd like send <laughs> commands to each other and you'd bone each other from across the planet. <laughs> I remember that. I remember yeah. that. And he was like one of the programmers and we were like, what? For people who are too lazy to just use a fucking ad. Yeah, exactly. And we were like, we we're looking at what? And the dude looks at us, he goes like, yeah, I'm really proud of my brother. <laughs> but I'm just like, you know what? He's got a gig. He's not doing it. He's just freaking a programmer. I mean, he's getting paid. What the hell, you know? Let's spend millions of dollars figuring out ways that we can make people get pretend intimately closer with each other, but at the same time getting further and further away from <laughs> actual contact. Actual contact, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for all of those reasons listed, and, and like I said, even though... Pussy galore and that whole thing was just so hokey. Yeah. Um, and God, was it rapey. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like every time Connery is on a scene. These movies are so... Did not age even well for the fucking uh, 80s, let alone the 21st century. What was the one? There was the one. It was the worst one for me. It was the one where he was in that, like... He was sent to, like, this uh, rehab place. And it was like a doctor. It was just as bad. No, no, no. Yeah, that was in... in, in, in um, that might have been in You Only Live Twice. Yeah. No, that was in Thunderball. Oh, Thunderball. Thunderball, because they redid it in Never Say Never Again. Oh. Uh, uh, but Goldfinger was the same thing. He, like, he... Uh, uh, Pussy Galore, like, takes him to, like, a stall. Like, a horse stall. Like, yeah, in a barn yeah. somewhere. And then he, like, topples over. And then he picks her up. And then she gives him a judo throw. And then he throws her in the hay. And then he gets on top of her... And he's literally just forcing himself, for, like, <laughs> full-on rape force <laughs> while she's trying to push him away. Yeah. And then he kisses her, and she's still struggling, and then she's like, mm, mm. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That does not work that way. It does not work that way. Oh, it was God. so uncomfortable. It's like, if I ever have a daughter, that I'm going to be like, okay, see this? When a guy does this, you kick him in the nuts and you scratch him in the eyes and you leave. Even if you like him. Because no one should force themselves on another person. Because yeah. that's what he's doing. Yeah. And like this joke that the minute we make lip contact, it's okay then. No! What? <laughs> no! It's not okay. Yeah. This is rape, dude. What are you doing? It's like he's literally operating on the fact that... Well, the second my lips make each other, hurt, yes, she will be caught in my spell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? That spell <laughs> is called trauma, PTSD, and it happens all the time. And all these people think that they're, they're consensual. Exactly, it's, it's not that. exactly. All I can see in She's, his head, she instantly stopped struggling, right. which means that it's not right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I want to, I want to re-edit that scene yeah. <laughs> with thought clouds. Where she's just going, no, no, no. <laughs> and, and, and the the scene from Star Wars is replaying. It's like, ah, uh, there's a lot of resistance. Stay on target. Uh, yeah. we're, like, we're breaking up. Stay on target. 
It's like, what the hell? I love to see like the real version of that, like the real version of that oh scene, my God. where like he does that. He's trying, and in his mind, it's he sees like what we see in the movie yes. with him, Sean Connery in the yes. suit, and yes, like, oh. yes. And then like the real world version, which is her with this drunk Scottish man on top of her, that maybe <laughs> halfway through struggling just throws up martini sick all over her. No, like, no, no, chest. better yet, better <laughs> yet. She pulls out Mason Spray's eyes, but he's so drunk and just thrashing. He thinks he's having a lot <laughs> of like, sex. Oh, like, oh well. well, aren't you just a buxom cult, aren't you? Oh, spicy, <laughs> spicy, <laughs> and just have him just hallucinating. <laughs> So bad. Anyway, oh. I'm picking Goldfinger as the better movie, yeah. but I have to say I do not like the character. <laughs> no. No. Okay, all right. So Goldfinger goes he's on. Funny, though. And Old Job's fun. He's a good character. Odd like Job is a good character. But it, but like, I, what baffles me? I'm like, if your main power is that you have a crazy, ridiculous hat that is like, you know, titanium steel, yep. and is like a boomerang or whatever. Yep. Have more than one. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. just be like, oh, yeah, it's great. And I throw it, and then it hits the wall. And, and then done. I have to run across the room <laughs> to get done. it. I'm done. And then I'm just this tiny little dude. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, though, that's the thing that the I was way also... The kills him is great. That was a really good ending, the way it, he gets him. Yes. It's clever. I like that. But I was going to say, that whole fight scene that he does with them, yeah. where I don't think it's a stuntman, I think it's Connery, and it, it's just like this really athletic shot where they're facing off, and all of a sudden <laughs> Connery leaps at him, and jumps on him and kind of puts him in a headlock yeah. with Sh Connery behind him and his arm wrapped around his throat. And like I said, I think it's Connery. And it's pretty impressive, the leap and everything. He looks very pantherish yeah. when he does it. I'm like, oh, he's pretty badass, you know, doing those, th you know. I like, the whole thing was very good. It's very tense, that scene with the bomb. And yes. One thing that I appreciate, which is it just it's more real, is they did this thing. It sounds little, but like... Where if this was a later movie or certainly a Brosnan movie or mm -hmm. a Roger Moore, they would have the situation where like he's tied to like the thing that's the bomb and he's trying to get away and then Old Job's there and he sees that he's struggling and he's about to try and get it out and Old Job's racing down yep. and if it was one of those movies, they would literally like he would just get out in time to Old Job be on top of him and he'd yes. be like bang. Yes. But in this corner and it's just kind of it's slightly more realistic and it's just kind of funny that like he like gets it and you think that's what's gonna happen. Boy does he gets out and our job is like really quite far away. Yeah. <laughs> so then there's just this weird awkward part yep. where he's just waiting for him. And our job's just running like, oh crap, run, 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 run. <laughs> and he's already out and he's just sort of taking a breather, like, oh yeah, oh, I got out of that. That's pretty good. Oh, there's the little man. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's just like I like his, it just feels like more real. It like, does. It's not it does. It's just yes. kind of like, oh, he got out of the thing, like, yeah, oh, oh, I'll deal with him now, I guess. Let's see. Yeah. Anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it was it was really yeah. It was well done. The, the the way they changed out the gas canisters and all of that, it, it was it was really. Well, that was the only thing. That was well, not the only, but another one of the silly things is the idea of the, you know, the, the gas. Uh, th how quickly everyone just fall. Oh, it was just more funny than yes. like the acting. That was hilarious. The soul just falling over, just tipping over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, uh, no, not just In tipping unison. over. It was so choreographed. Yeah, like I mean, that's what happens with gassing. Dude, everyone exactly at the same time. Dude, just falls down. Bob Fosse was looking at that. It's like, all right, girls, you see this movie? This Damn. is how you go down on stage. <laughs> it's like we can't believe that it was one person who just didn't breathe in. Yes. At that point, <laughs> yeah. it just happened to be like you know, blowing their nose. It's like, oh man, I. 
recorded Ooh. really bad. Oh, oh, Why oh, is everybody oh, dropping? Oh, oh. <laughs> it was like an Austin Powers moment. It was. it was. It really. I mean, you could actually see where all of the Austin Powers gimmicks, how they majorly came from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like literally. Like yeah, the yeah. names. They did. Uh, uh, the plots. <laughs> you know, l- l- the whole thing that they reference in the second Austin Powers with uh, when Seth Green plays his son. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just like, we're going to put him and it's like, we, so stop. We, why all these complicated schemes? I got a nine millimeter. Well, I'll just go up to him and shoot him in the head. It's yeah. done. It's over. You know, <laughs> and it's kind of like that. It's like, why is he putting this high powered fucking laser? That's the most classic line as well in all the Bonds, I feel like the old. Uh, what you expect me to talk? Oh, it's my, it's oh, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. My favorite line in all the Bond yeah. movies. Yeah, use it all the time. You expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> and and he sounds like a up. Dutch Dracula when he does it too. It's like, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And it, it is, and the same thing is a little silly about that movie. Like he's so reaching, he couldn't be any more obvious that he's reaching and has absolutely nothing on them. Yes, but they still let him go. Because he just can't. Yes. Like, oh, he just. Oh, I get the chance but, to talk but, to him a little bit more. But he's just like, oh, yeah. Well, how, how do you know? Uh, maybe I do have something. Uh, I know. I know this. He's like, but oh, she just a ball. No chance. You're lying. He's like, no, 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 really. Uh, oh, but what about that? You didn't think about that. <laughs> but I'll say this about that. If if you look at it from like just the psychological side of it all, yeah. It kind of actually works for the character. Like a lot of these guys that'll do stuff like that. You kind of got to be OCD. Yeah. So somebody like gives you a nugget like that and says like, well, I, I've talked to headquarters, you've done. No, you didn't. Maybe. <laughs> may- oh, oh, fuck. You gotta yeah, keep yeah. it. All right, fine. Let's get, you know, so it kind of like lends a little bit to the character, but you're right. That's my favorite line in all the Bond movies. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Yeah. It's just the best. And the way it was delivered and all of it. And again, I'll come back and, and we'll see that in a couple of movies when we do You Only Live Twice. The recycling of actors is just, Shameless. It's weird. And it's like you said, because back then there was no videos, there was no internet. It was like several years between movies. Okay, and that's where the producer, and that's a great hallmark of the fact the producer's so in charge and they don't yes. have a casting team. Yeah. The producers just literally, starts from whatever, is just like, oh, I had such a good time with that other actor. We yes. went out for dinner. Yes. And he was a charm. Bring him back. Yes. Like, that's he, it. He already died in a film that. He's a different character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I was going to remember. Absolutely. Because. The lead guy for the like Chinese that Goldfinger actually kills when he puts on the U.S. uniform to get out of there. Uh-huh. He is the lead scientist in You Only Live Twice with Blofeld. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So anyway, all right. So Goldfinger goes on. The next we have, and this is actually, I kind of like this one a lot. The Spy Who Loved Me versus Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, I need to be reminded about the plots of these. The, the spy who loved me is the one with the big rich guy who wanted to cause nuclear war because he had Atlantis, oh, and he was going to yeah. let the pop, like the planet population destroy itself. It was basically Moonraker on the water, yeah, Mo- yeah, or yeah, I should yeah. say, Moonraker is the spy who loved me in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. the same idea. Yeah, yeah. Is let the world destroy itself, and I'm going to build a new utopia afterwards. Yeah, and it was Barbara Bach. Jaws was famously introduced. Uh huh. Um, I really liked Barbara Bach's character. Yeah. Of course, they couldn't find a better fucking name for her than Agent Triple X. Uh-huh. Which, you know, five years after Deep Throat, I mean, honestly, it's, yeah. come on. Um, or however long it is after Deep Throat. Um, she was good. Bond was good in this one. I liked it. I liked Jaws in this one. 
because it like, kind of set it up. Like in, in Moonraker, it was a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in this one, it was it was kind of fun. And the fight scene in the train is almost like the same as, as in Spectre yeah. when he fights Batista, you know, where he like tosses him out. And in fact, the other train fight for, for that is Live and Let Die. Uh-huh. When he fights uh, uh, the dude with the with the clamp arm, arm. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, I I enjoyed. Uh, 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 um, oh, and that's the thing that when I watched it, I was fascinated with because I I never seen or heard it before. You find out what Q's rank and name is in this one. Oh, I can't remember that. When he when they he shows up with Baraba, they come off the boat, and uh-huh. Q is there with the Lotus. And that was in those days. Every you obviously weren't born yet, but in those days, everybody fucking wanted a Lotus. Yeah, yeah. Like the Lotus was the McLaren or you know the 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 whichever top notch Lamborghini is nowadays or Ferrari. Like everybody wanted a Lotus. Yeah, yeah. And that part of it was that movie, The Spy Who Loved Me. And she steps off the boat, and I forget what her last name was, Romanova or whatever. And he says, Ah, Agent Romanova. Good afternoon. And she says, oh, Major Boothroyd, nice to see you. And I was like, uh, Q has a name? And then I went looking it up, and yes, he was referred to as, he's a, he's a major, Yeah. Um, and his name was Boothroyd, which I was like, huh. huh. I was yeah. really kind of just, you know, it was just like such a little, yeah, yeah. like, like a trivia nugget that yeah. I was just like. I was like, Q has a name? Yeah. I like literally like stood up kind of like because like we were rewatching everything and, and and like I've seen that movie probably a dozen times and it never occurred to me mm. that Q had a name that they named Q and, and, and gave him a rank in That's the military. It's interesting they did that. It's but completely off, you know, after the case because you never have I mean it's different when they're John Cleese doing it for a while. He was he's the only person John Cleese is, is the only person I can think of in the whole series who is that is legitimately not that is a replaced role and they reference he's replaced. Like he's right. not just another actor playing that role. Right, right, right. Like, right they're right, like, right. no, this is a new guy. This is a new guy. He's in the yeah. same thing. He's the only person that has that. Yes. Uh, we theorize it with the uh, the M's in yes. the transitional M's, the guys. Because yes. like I said before, there was an M and he was a general in one and the next film he was M. Yeah. But they never actually say it. Yeah. But he's the only one they do that with because obviously he's in the film with Llewellyn. Yes. And he makes the joke. He's like, oh, if he's Q, does that make you like L or whatever he says? R, know? I think he said. R, oh, yeah. That makes so, sense because it's yeah. QR. Yeah, we go. It makes sense. Not L, M, N, O, P, Q. P, that would be the other one, not L. L Q R S T U V. Maybe I should get us another drink. This will go better. Yeah, so they do that. So he, you know, he wouldn't have to pretend to be the Boothroyd guy yeah. they'd set up. But then you go forward, like Ben Whishaw is obviously not a major. <laughs> no, right, right. So it's like they've, they've so let that go. But, but but also, I think I think what they established in there with the by that point. Because by that point, um, Judy Dench is M. Yeah. But the, by that point, I think, and, and Nick, famously Nick Leshew, who started on the blogs, I think what they're establishing there, if they're smart, and if they go back and do it, they have the perfect opening there, is that all of these things are, are titles, not names. Yeah, yeah. You know? So 007 is title. Well, actually, I say that wrong because they've done that in the, in the latest Inspector. 
That's Ray Fiennes. Yes, he's, he's M. The second person they've done it with. Yes. Officially, we now have M as M. M, M, M. He's M, yep. In a world Mallory. where we know who the other... Yes. He's Mallory, so he's yeah. M. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, M... Yeah, Q and, is Q. And her name began with M, but we never found out what it was. Because he no. made reference to that. As well. no, right, and his guy in... in, in, in that, that was the gamekeeper in his parents' house in Skyfall calls her Emily. Uh, he says, this is M. And he goes, hello, Emily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Albert Finney. Albert Finney. Yeah, 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 Albert Finney, yeah. So, okay. So, The Spy Who Loved Me versus Diamonds Are Forever. Spy Who Loved Me, again, it came out before Moonraker. A fun plot. You know, somebody with just more money than sense that wants to blow up the planet. You know, it's one of these ill-conceived... Well, the best way to save everybody... It's kind of a Rachel Ghoul from the DC comic books. The yeah, way we yeah. save the planet is by killing everybody. I do... This was the first movie... Because I watched a lot in a short space of time. Yeah. This was the first one that I started to tap out a little bit. Because it started to get a little silly. Yes. Right? The second they introduced the Atlantis... I was with it until they introduced the Atlantis. And I saw it come from the sea. And I was like... Oh, this is where it turns into the Austin Powers movies. Like this yes. is where it really yes. it starts to make it's, a joke of itself. It's 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 the thing that I was saying last time. These guys are so wealthy at that. Why do you need to make these criminal things? Why? Yeah, yeah. There's no reason for it. You could just have your little own Atlantis in international waters, and nobody can touch you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you got an, you got more money than God. Yeah. Hire all the top security people. You're good. Yeah, it's like a real life version of this is Richard Branson. Richard Branson owns Virgin Islands. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just owns an island. Yeah. He just does what he wants there. And yeah, he wants yeah, yeah. To be exactly. There. It, it, it's right. The, the, he doesn't do evil that we know of. But I'm I mean, just going to go it, to fucking space. It, it's kind of like, like <laughs> I said, the, the whole thing, the Blofeld thing that they did with Spectre again. You got that much money. Why do you have to do criminal underhanded shit? Really? Yeah, yeah. There's really no reason for it. But okay, you know. But yeah, it does get hokey. However, I've been chomping at the bit to get to this movie, The Spy Who Loved Me. Because I'm going to introduce... Everybody pay attention. This is a cross-universe connection. Uh-huh. Ready? Uh-huh. Agent Triple X. Natalia Romanoff's mother. The Black Widow. Uh-huh. A Bond DMCU crossover. What do you think of that? Because she was kind of like the best spy that the Russians had. That's true. That's true. And that's why she was kind of going toe to toe with Bond. Yeah. What if that was her mother? That could work. Right? Could work. I like that one. I like that. Even if I do say so myself, that's I do good. like that one. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, that would be a great little crossover. Yeah. Like if they did a, if they did a, like Daniel Craig showed up in a, in a, a or whoever, or a young, um, M, like Judy Dench, yeah, yeah, showed up in a thing with with you know because if they're gonna do the uh, 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 Black Widow movies, uh-huh. like to, for her to see her at some point or her picture across her desk, it's like isn't this Romanova's daughter? Kind of like uh, that's nice. I like that. Interesting. That does work. I, I think that's a nice crossover. So pay attention, Feige. Give me a call. We can talk, baby. Okay. Who owns James Bond now? I don't even know. M- Sony. Sony. Oh. Well. It's MGM still technically, but Sony. No, it's Eon Productions. It's the, the, the production company. It's Broccoli's daughter runs the show. Yeah. Um, 
But I think Sony, Sony. owns them. Yeah, you're right. It's Sony. Yeah. So they don't know. They don't have the best relationship. They have a... Far from home. Yeah. Now the Spider-Man thing already open. That's true. Could, could happen, I guess. Because, I mean, let's face it. They don't have to follow the MCU timelines now. Mm. Because if they're going to do the Black Widow movies, well, they're probably going to go... It's going to be retro mm -hmm. as opposed to following the current timeline. That's true. So... Although, I don't know. I have a feeling they're going to explore the whole multiverse thing. I don't know. That they've set up in the... Possibly. Far from home. I actually read up a couple of things that they were talking about, what they were interested in, and the guys who wrote Endgame... Um, like, the Russo brothers said they would definitely be tempted to come back if they did Secret Wars, uh -huh. which would be a nice one. But the guys who wrote Endgame were talking about the House of M, which is a fantastic um, series of comics that they did in 2005 that the, the, you know, the consequences of the, that series is still being felt in the comic book universe now, mm. where um, Scarlet Witch is like under trauma. She lost vision. She lost her kids with vision. Uh, she went nuts and killed off half of the Avengers for whatever reason. She had an episode. And, you know, that was the whole thing that I loved in Endgame that they showed. She's so powerful. She basically, she was getting ready to, 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 to kill Thanos herself. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's how powerful she is. And in the comic books, her power is reality warping powers. And so, um, um, now in the comic books, Quicksilver is still alive. And so she was basically getting these episodes, and between Magneto and Xavier, they were trying to like pacify her so her power doesn't go out of control. And they met up with the Avengers, what do we do? And like Wolverine and, and the White Queen, they're like, we have to put her down. Uh -huh. And Captain America was vehemently against it. It's like, no, there has to be another way. It's like, no, there's not another way. It's like, listen, she's too dangerous. We can't, she can't go crazy, yeah. you know, which they famously showed in Old Man Logan what happens, you know, when, when uh, Professor X got dementia yeah. and killed all the X-Men, you know, yeah. kind of stuff. And um, Quicksilver basically talks her into changing reality. Mm -hmm. And in the new reality, the mutants are basically in charge of the planet. Magneto rules benevolently above everyone. You know, everyone basically got their dreams uh -huh. that they've always wanted. Spider-Man is married to Stacy Gwen and has kids. Yeah. You know, all these things in the universe. And then one little girl shows up and she's out of place. And whoever she talks to figures out that this whole universe is wrong. Uh -huh. And they have to go back. And then there's a big battle royale. And they're about to kill Wanda. And she says, no more mutants. And so the House of M universe ceases to exist, but in the real universe, like 95% of mutants all lose their powers. Huh. Interesting. Including some like, you know, fairly recurring yeah. X-Men and stuff like that. So it's like, and it's still, the effects of that is still being felt. And then later they did Avengers versus X-Men, which was kind of a direct uh, a lead in from that and all kinds of stuff. So they're talking about doing that because that could be a really nice, mm. you know, 10 year, 20 movie thing yeah to bring it all together and i was just like ooh, i was kind of excited about that i feel bad that i've no interest in watching the dark phoenix movie <sighs> just the fact that like fassbender's in it and i like him he's always been good i do too i like his magneto james yes. mcavoy's good to a point i mean he can he's better than those movies give him the chance to be but i just don't give a shit about that no phoenix no. like i said like yankee jensen is such a better job but like sophie turner yeah, it's, it's just not, they, just okay. they well the first expert new class was bad um mm -hmm. they kind of fixed it with days of future past 
they did a really good job with that, I thought. But then, you know, between uh, uh, um, Apocalypse and 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 like when they did Wolverine Origins, because that's kind of what led up to it, because that's where the the new Cyclops kind of came out of that. Uh And you're right. Like, I I literally have no interest in seeing the Dark Phoenix movie. Yeah, I don't because they're going to change it so much and. For no no good reason, quite frankly. It's like, if you're going to go with the story, go with the full story. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. You know, it, you can rewrite it. But anyway. All right. So, Spy Who Loved Me, now that I let us down the MCU rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Spy Who Loved Me versus Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, Diamonds Are Forever was the one basically with the diamonds and the two gay assassins and uh, <laughs> the, the, the Will, Willard White being kept a prisoner in his own place because he had the biggest aerospace industry. And it was all Blofeld controlling it all. And then they have the big final uh, 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 confrontation on the oil rig out somewhere in the Gulf of Mexico or wherever it was. Right. Or somewhere out in the Pacific. Yeah. So um, that's with Jill St. John, uh-huh. who I thought was great in it. Yeah, yeah. It was very, it was very much more of a snappy, wisecracky, almost like a exploitation film. Because it's, what, 71 yeah. Like, that's when kind of like the anti-establishment thing really, like, is in its heyday. Um, versus The Spy Who Loved Me. In terms of films, like you said, The Spy Who Loved Me was a bit hokey. But I still thought it was a fairly good movie. Uh-huh. Um, Connery's last movie as an official Bond movie was Diamonds Are Forever. He was good at... See, this is a tough one for me. Because Spy Who Loved... I would almost give Diamonds Are Forever more of a... Because it's it's, it's one of the scenes that really I liked in Diamonds Are Forever. Where Bond is in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And he's supposed to be impersonating this diamond smuggler that they arrested at the border. He was going to go across the channel. Peter something. And that's when he meets Jill St. John's character. And she's kind of the intermediary with the whole diamond thing. And I think he's... T- I don't know who he's talking to. Is Money Penny or Q? I think he's talking to Q. And Q says, oh, bloody hell. What's his face? Got out. Just so... And they cut back to Bond. But the phone is like on the floor. Yeah. And he already ran down the stairs out the hotel. And up and sees the guy as he walks into the building. And then have the big fight and yeah, like right. he kills him yeah. in the elevator. Yeah, yeah. And like that to me, I was just like, that was kind of real. That's good. Well, that's a re- I remember seeing a little, uh, it was a mini, it wasn't a documentary, it was a little interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, it was an interview. They're interviewing, it was a retrospective, it was after Daniel Craig had been cast as, uh, Casino Royale came out and they were interviewing Sean Connery. And it's the last time I think he's ever been interviewed talking about Bond. anything, I think, at all, let alone yeah. Bond. Yeah. And they were talking about that and he was saying about, because they cut to the fact that Dan and Craig has said that he took most of his inspiration, the physicality from Connery, yeah. his early movies. And then they went back to Sean Connery was talking about that. He's like, oh yeah. And, and he said like Diamonds of Forever was a great example of a film that like, you know, it was very physical and he yeah. got to the point where like he was a little older, things were a little harder for him at that point. So he was really trying to push himself more. Yeah. So he ended up being very physical. And in that, in the fight in the elevator, he ended up uh, knocking out a pane of glass. Yep. That was a real pane of glass that yeah. wasn't supposed to be knocked out. Right. Literally just in the skirmish. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Bang! I like, smashed this pane of glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And luckily, the cut, you know, the shot was good, and they just 
managed to keep it and they didn't have to go back and try and figure it out. Yeah, reset it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love the idea of Sean Curry tussling in there. Like, oh, yeah, smashing yeah. Smashing gloves yeah, and just yeah. carrying on fighting. Like, Absolutely, yeah. And now it'd be like, oh, like, oh, Daniel Cruz hit his ankle. Oh, he's running. Oh, my <laughs> oh stop. Ah, he is so... Ah, <laughs> Oh, okay. Guys. So anyway, <laughs> Spy so who loved me would be like, "Fuck, John, God, give me another martini. I'll be fine." That's right. <laughs> who needs an ankle? <laughs> That's right. Spy who loved me versus diamonds are forever. Spy who loved me famously had the whole helicopter chase scene where she tries to, the chick is chasing him and she's flying alongside him and she winks at him while he's driving, and then he, he flies off the pier into the water and then torpedoes her with the missile from the Lotus. Oh, okay. If you remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it, that's where, it, like, the hokiness really got bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought. I thought the movie overall was fun, but it definitely was getting hokey. In terms of... And again, this in terms of, the, like, box office numbers, I think this is going to be upset, but I would go with Diamonds Are Forever on this one. I would as well. I, I was a big fan of the gay assassins. I thought they were really funny. They were very funny, but I, I mean, the so message... It the, was like something out of, like... It was like Lampoon. It was like... It yes. was almost... It was. It felt like it belonged in a Chevy Chase movie. Yes, yes, it did. Like, it totally did. Who are these guys? Yes, and you're American. I'm like... It's, Yes, it totally did. It totally did. It was almost like a Coen Brothers film, actually. It was like, it was like, huh? Yes, yes. Funny. Yes. So we're picking Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. All right. All right. Next is ways of killing people. I can't remember, but they kill people in very inventive ways. Yes. No. Oh no. No. Yeah. They would just. Yeah, and they would leave without a trace. Yeah. 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 Of course, the underlying thing which was really kind of very homophobic, was like, oh, gay people are evil, so they go walk around killing people. I mean, because it was just like, what? Wait a minute, what? It, it feels a little bit like whoever wrote the script had a couple of people they knew, gay people, come stay at their apartment one weekend, and they didn't clean up after themselves, they didn't do the dishes, they just left. And then he just sat down writing a fucking script. Like, yeah, yeah, this will get them. They're fucking killers, I'm telling you, just man. Just fucking gay, they come Look in at this. They create this havoc, and they just walk off. <laughs> this pizza crust hasn't been eaten. You're a fucking adult. Eat the pizza crust. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, next one. You Only Live Twice versus Quantum of Solace. Sean Connery's uh, fourth, fifth one, 67. Penultimate one, let's say. And Quantum of Solace, Daniel Craig, which famously everyone says, not a Bond movie. Yeah. And in a way, yes, it's a vengeance movie more than anything. They set it up because it's a setup movie, yeah, basically, yeah. for this overarching to get to Spectre. Yeah. Like Quantum Solace was like the continuation to get to Spectre, yeah. where it left off at the end of Casino Royale. Um, when I rewatched it, it's actually a really good movie. It is a good movie. I would watch it as well. Yeah, it's a really it. good movie. Uh, uh, Gemma Arterton, mm. even though she wasn't in it very long, I thought she was great in Strawberry it. Strawberry Fields. Oh, it's good name. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Mathis. And yeah. the way he died, I thought that was really, really nice. Like, yeah. character work, all of that. Um, and what's her face? Uh, uh, Olga uh, Kurilenko. Uh -huh. I thought she was a great Bond girl. Yeah. I, I mean... Now, granted, in that one, there was, again, there was, like, none of the sexual chemistry between the two of them. It was obviously very professional, the whole thing. Uh -huh. But he definitely felt for her, for her trying to get her vengeance, because that's kind of what he was. And I think that's what kind of snapped him out of it. Yeah. It's like, if this consumes you, you, you got nothing left. Um, 
I said, she, she, she might be, I mean, with Famke Janssen, she might be like my favorite, although Famke Janssen was like on the other end of the fence, she might be my favorite Bond girl. Like Halle Berry was okay, but again, it was just, it got a little bit too, too yeah. cheesy, you know, but Olga Kurilenko, I think she was really. Yeah, no, I, I she, 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 she was good. Yeah, she I was. think she might have been my favorite in terms of characters. So, I, I mean, I thought that movie was great. My favorite Bond girl is Diana Rigg. I like Diana Rigg the most. Diana Rigg was a very good Bond girl. But that, but Diana Rigg, to me, is the same as... Uh, I, I forget the French actress's name, Inspector. Uh-huh. Oh, Eva Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no Eva Green oh, is, sorry. Uh, um, what's her name? Um, she's going to be in the new one, too. Oh, goodness me. But I, I think she's she's the basically parallel to Diana Rigg. Yeah, yeah. Because she becomes the love interest. Uh -huh. Who like because that was the thing that was cool about Diana Rigg's character. She was kick ass and she like bailed him out like two or three times yeah. from getting killed. Mm. And 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 this this character Inspector she kind of does the same thing and falls for him. Um, uh, what's her name? Lea Seydoux. Oh, Lea Seydoux, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Monica Bellucci was in there. Of course, not very long, and I just love everything she does. Yeah. Because she's... Uh, like I said, have you ever seen Brotherhood of the Wolf? No. Dude, do yourself a favor, find the movie, watch it. It's fantastic. Uh -huh. It's kind of one of these movies that flew under the radar, but it was just... I just thought... It was... You know what kind of movie it's like? The 13th Warrior. Have you ever seen The 13th Warrior? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Okay. Like this really, like, really good, fun action movie... Uh -huh. that, and it's a period piece action movie because it's like uh, uh, supposed to be like the 15, 1600, something like that. So it kind of flew under the radar, radar, especially because it was a French language film. Yeah. But it was really, really good. I really, really enjoyed oh, it. Okay. And Monica Bellucci is in that too. But um, so yeah, I think I think uh, was is the parallel to Diana Rigg. Uh, Olga Kurlenko, I thought she was a, a fantastic character and what she did with the character was really good. Mm. You Only Live Twice was very interesting because they killed him off in the beginning, 007, to yeah. go undercover. And he went to Jap Japan. And I mean, the sexism just went through the roof in this one. Oh, the, the, in in Japan, the, the man comes first always. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what? I mean, he, goes, he undergoes transformation surgery to become uh, Japanese. This is so bad. And always the best part of it is the fact that he's, he's getting his surgery, his cosmetic surgery done. By a bunch of Japanese women in, in bikinis. bikinis. <laughs> Serious scientists who just happen to be bikinis for no reason. Just in yes. this room. And and I forget I forget who the Bond girl was, the one that, that ended up dying that was his love interest. Yeah. Because it was interesting where they were going with that because it almost seemed like she was going to be like he was getting serious about her. Because yeah. when she get poisoned, which was brilliant by the way, like the ninja poisoning with the little yeah, uh, yeah. A thread and then the, the poison like the drip down uh -huh. the thread um, I, you actually saw him like look like he was he was regretting yeah. that she died and what was her name what was her name the actress uh, it was Akiko Wakabayashi she was good in it yeah she was good I, I, I mean the movie itself is fun. Again, the whole like space thing with like 
the capsules being taken and the whole thing, the very Blofeld. Blofeld shows up with the bad eye and the whole thing. This is the lead into the other Blofeld in, in, in Dinosaur Forever. Well, and, the, the, and that guy who plays that Blofeld in Dinosaur Forever is in this movie. Yes. The double as, O who gets again, killed off in his kimono. Yes. And then the lead Chinese agent in Goldfinger that gets killed by Goldfinger is the main scientist for in, in, in You Only Live Twice. Like I said, the, 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 yeah. the actor recycling was ridiculous in it. Um, of the two movies, even though I enjoyed You Only Live Twice, I would pick Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is a I think it probably it is a better just it's, for the just for the like Japanese surgery it's uh, yeah. the oh, you where they just kinda of gave him some eyelids and bushy eyebrows. And I was like, what? <laughs> bushy eyebrows because Japanese made up really bushy bushy eyebrows and Sean Cody, who already has pretty bushy eyebrows. I was gonna say And then I like, give him a bowl cut. He has like the Beatles yes, like, the bowl cut. Yeah. When and they, they put just out give the, him some like eyeliner. When they gave him the bushy eyebrows, I was like is he from Georgia or, or Bulgaria? Because that's where bushy eyebrows they, like, are. Round him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, yes, now you will truly pass it, uh, for a Japanese so bad. man. So bad. And they're oh. like, being Japanese is more than just looks. It is like, you know, a way of like, training. He's like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Are truly are a Japanese man. It I'm was, like, what the? It, yeah, it was, it was so, the whole thing was so hokey and so racist, so terribly racist. Yeah. The whole thing. Um, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it was it was an entertaining movie because you got the little uh, helicopter chase. Like I said, that was like like this is a big fucking production because it wasn't like it was like you know Godzilla with fake helicopters. They're like yeah. real helicopters flying around and shooting off fireworks, you know, instead of real missiles or whatever. But I was like, this is pretty freaking impressive. Like the, just the production of it all. So I mean, I enjoyed it. Like I said, since the rampant racism and sexism, because again, I think he forced himself out on at least two women. I um, think it would have been a much better movie if instead of doing the weird like Japanese conversion therapy where he has to be Japanese in order to like win, I would have just, it would have been a lot funnier to me if it had been like he just stuck to it and was just Sean Cronin and was just battering all these ninjas. <laughs> and they were just like, they were like, ah, ninja. And he was just like, ah, boom. Just <laughs> if, punch. if he came out with a cricket bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just like the Indiana Jones, just shot them all. Yes, exactly. Shoot them on the head. Yes. Bang, bang, bang. Yes, exactly. All right, so we're going with Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right, and then the last one, and this is the tough one. Our finale here. Thunderball versus On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm-hmm. George Lazenby's one and only foray and Thunderball, which is ranked number two because that's how much money it freaking made. Yeah. Now, Thunderball, the script was fantastic. Mm. The whole thing, like uh, the plastic surgery on the guy to get, to get access to the president's code, uh, to, to, to release the nuclear missiles, stealing the two nuclear missiles to hold the world ransom. Mm. The whole thing, like you said, where he's dancing with the... She was, what, number 12 or something like that? And she has him cornered. And her guys are all in the crowd. And they're on the dance floor. And the one guy shoots. And he turns her. And basically, the yeah. guy shoots her instead. And he just puts her down because he's got, like, a, a broken ankle. Because he's, like, hobbling. and Or he was shot in the leg, I think it was. Yeah. The whole thing. I mean, all the, all the scuba diving, you know. Again, you're in the Caribbean. It's, um, it, of course. And then... You know, raping the freaking physical therapist when he's like in physical therapy again, and in the morning she's okay with it. It's, yeah, all of the stuff just like really happened there. I mean, overall script wise, everything action wise, it was just a really good movie. Yeah. And it was basically Moonraker underwater with all the shoot. That was the one that actually cracked me up. 
Was that the Thunder one? Was the one they first the first one where they had, like sharks, like dangerous sharks? Yes, because because uh, what was his name? Uh, Lar no, was it what was the bad guy's name? Number one, what was his name? Largo was it Largo? Largo, yeah. Largo, Largo. yeah. He had he had a pool, pool of sharks. A pool of sharks. Yeah, yeah. Sean Connery in the actual film again. I'm back behind the scenes seeing this. He actually almost gets bitten by a shark uh -huh. in this movie, and you can see it. And you watch online; they'll show you, and they're talking about it because back in the good old days, yeah. they literally had real uh, things like bull sharks, yeah, or tiger sharks. One of the two. It's like dangerous, not like great whites, but basically just as dangerous. Probably bull sharks. Tiger sharks would have eaten them whole. Yeah. Yeah. In the uh, in the pool, and uh, there was a netting system, like a net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you couldn't see in the water. And the, what they were doing is they had to film a shot where um, Connor was in the pool and he had to swim, and the sharks would come after him, and uh, then he would swim out and he'd just get out of the pool just in time. Right. But there was like a net that you couldn't see, which meant that the sharks couldn't get to him. But the, something happened with net, and they put the net down too late, and one of the sharks Got was on his side. And the others would pass the net. It was on his side. And he didn't know about it. Oh, and no one on set said anything because they were filming. And they were like, huh? And he had no idea. And literally, you know, swimming. And literally goes. And the, the shot in the film where the shark like literally comes up. Almost like gets for a nip. Yeah, yeah, Literally yeah. happened in real life. And that was a real shark. And almost nipped him. And he had no idea in the film. He thought that that was what it was supposed to be. He thought we were supposed to get that close. And they were like, yeah, no, oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is why the union is here, people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why you've stuck people there. So, I mean, Thunderbolt was really a fan. Uh, overall, possibly the best Connery movie. Thunderbolt. Uh, Arguably, at the very least. I guess. I, I, I don't know. I guess I remember watching it and, and, and loving it. <clears throat> now I'm trying to think back and trying to... It was really, really exciting to me, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, the underwater fight with everybody with their harpoons, yeah. you know, and, and all the like Navy SEALs or whoever they were, CIA agents that came to help with the big fight, and he's chasing Largo to try to get to the other uh, uh, atomic bomb and all of that stuff. Um, versus... Oh, is this the one... This is the one... Uh, and I remember pausing it and it turns out it became like a viral thing that people have always talked about ever since. Back in those with VHS when you couldn't pause things very well to see. Yeah. But I, you know, I had Netflix so I could just pause it. The bomb, one of the bombs on it, the nuclear bombs, has a sticker on it that says, uh, handle like eggs. Or something like that. I don't know. I don't and I was know. like, what the hell is that? No, and it became this whole uh, thing that everyone was um, talking about. Oh, oh, oh. I, yes, I think so. I think so because it was um, oh. handle like eggs. Yeah, it was on the nuclear bomb. There's a sticker on the side of it that says handle like eggs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like gently. <laughs> you know, that's like so funny. And this says handle like eggs. And you're like, what? I, who? I couldn't even figure out. I'm like, this has to be a joke. Like, why would you like? Who is handling nuclear bombs? That has to be told in terms of like. Well, tell me like no, but really like what would. Like eggs. Well, oh, well eggs. when you think about it, back then the draft was still instituted, so everybody went oh. eggs. Yeah, that's true. Including yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah, handle like eggs. Yeah, handle like eggs. Yeah. So, um, 
But yeah, Thunderball arguably went out uh, money wise for sure the best of the Connery movies. In oh, fact, yeah. the, the second best of all the Bond movies with adjusted dollars. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, and we've talked about this before when it, before it got into the Sweet 16, this was really a fun movie. Because this was really, I'm trying to think of, besides Bond, uh, Moore being Sinjin Smith in yeah. A View to a Kill, and only very shortly. Yeah. This was the only one where Bond actually ever goes undercover. And for like a large portion of the movie. As and well. for a large portion of the movie, correct. Yeah. With the fake accent and everything. And it's like, they should kind of get a little bit back to more of that. Yeah. You know, because that's it's like, more like what a secret agent would be doing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's heightening the, 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 the stakes a little more. Yeah. You could just go around the world and say, like, my name's Bond, James yeah. Bond. It's, it, it was always <laughs> the most annoying thing. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. Like I said, that they referred to in Casino Royale when he just goes up and like, oh, this room is for Bond, James Bond. And Vesper's like, asshole, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck are you doing, you know? But they explained away, but at the same time, it was a nod to the whole thing. It's like, why are you just telling everybody what your <laughs> fucking name is? Yeah. Everybody knows you. Yeah. If they've never seen your face, they know your name. Why are you telling people this is your name? What's the name of that guy that keeps falling our plans every time? Yeah. Like James Bond. Bond. He keeps telling us his name every time he does it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> Bill Paxton passed away. How great would it be if in the next one, <laughs> Bill Paxton shows up like the character from True Lies. And it's like, Oh, my name is Bond. I'm from Kentucky, James Bond. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, both of them really good. Telly Savalas was a great Blofeld. And like you said, Diana Rigg was a great Bond girl. And the fact that she was his love. And that, and of course, that iconic scene where he gets married and just like the way... And it's amazing. This was his first acting job, lazily. Yeah. That thing that he had with Money Penny, uh -huh. like at his wedding. Yeah. Like, I almost sobbed. It was just, like, so real where she was just like, I love you and I want what's best for you and you obviously love yeah. her. Yeah. So you go and I'm just going to be sad for a while kind of stuff. And he looks on her with, like, just so much regret. And it was just so well done and I totally forgot about that scene and, 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 like from not seeing it. And it was... Uh, I get I, how he t got the role. like, And then becoming Bond documentary, you know. <clears throat> so his whole life is just a series of... Just charming people. Yeah. He's a, he was a car salesman. Yeah. Ended up being a great car salesman. I can see it. And the whole way through this film, like, he's not an actor. He's had no acting experience. But he just charms his way through the whole yeah. film. Because you're just like, oh, he's a big dude. He's, he's just like a six, three. He's just a genuine guy. And he's like handsome. Yep. And he's just charming. Yep. And just every, every scene, just he just seems guy. like, oh, yeah. When you, when right at the beginning, where he's like, oh, the other guy, I've never had what, this. You know. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you see the rest of the documentary, actually, and they show his interviews later on, when they start asking him why he left it. Yeah, and you see him in the interviews, and you're like, you feel for him, and and basically what you realize, he's just a fish out of water. Yeah, he comes from nothing. Yeah, and all of this like craziness is just, you know, he's too young to handle it. Yeah, like if this gradually happened, and by the time he was forty years old, all of a sudden he got a role of well, lifetime as a superstar. But he was like twenty nine. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but he he looked way. Old. He had this haggard face because just of like he'd lived rough a living. Lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think when he first got Bond, he was twenty six. 25? Yeah. He looked like he was 40. Yeah, yeah. Like, you look all the lines on his face, like, God damn, that Australian sun is hard, boy. And you see him now, and he still looks good, but he's old. He's old, man. He's like 85 or something. No, he's not even that old, is he? No, well, maybe 80. But he's old. Okay. He's in his 80s, I think. So, I mean, it's a fantastic movie. It's 15 in terms of money, but I'd put it ahead of, certainly ahead of fucking Moonraker. Yeah. You know, I'd put it ahead of, I'd put it ahead of Diamonds Are Forever. Um, you only live twice. 
The Spy Who'd Love Me, Goldeneye. I'd put it ahead of all of those. I think it's my personal favourite Bond movie as a standalone, I think. Yeah. I, but, but I'm aware it's not the best movie. But I, th- I think it might be my favourite. With the exception of maybe... With the exception of maybe Gold, Goldfinger, I did love Goldfinger a lot, you know. But I... I just there's just so much there's so many little elements I really liked and just and it just came as such a surprise to me. My it took me by surprise. I was not expecting anything of it and being so charmed by it. I'm like, wow. It, yes. My my biggest knock on this movie was all the uh, 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 accelerated fight scenes. Like oh, they yeah. they fast forwarded, which I thought was unnecessary. <clears throat> yeah. It's like they weird. did it somewhat in all the Sean Connerys, but it was slight. Like yeah, you could yeah. obviously you see it, but I was like this is, it was almost comical. It was like they were trying to just get past it so you could get to the yeah. next scene. So uh, that was my knock on it. But, but, you know, it's a very small knock because you consider the time, the technology, the, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. So I'm just like, you know what? No, that's fine. I'm okay with it. Versus yeah. Thunderbolt. I mean. I like the spa scene, the, the whole spa bit where they're there. It's that for me, isn't it? It's the spa bit where he like locks the guy in the... Uh... No. Am I getting confused? Was that in that one? There's several spa scenes where a guy gets... I thought it was the one where he locks him in like the steamer. Puts like a broom handle for it. He's like... Whoop. The was that in... He's like in this little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that in Her Majesty's Secret Service? Or was that in one of the more ones? It wasn't a more one. You know, I'm going to have to look that up real quick. Let's see. That was um, nice. I remember seeing that being like, yeah. Bond locks guy <laughs> in steamer. <laughs> I think like, oh, it's such a shitty way to <laughs> screw someone over. It doesn't kill him. He just comes out all like red. <laughs> Thunderball. Oh, it's Thunderball. It's Thunderball. Bond locks same... Lippa in a steam bath cabinet. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. So, right. so it's the other movie we're it's talking the other about. One, yeah, yeah the yeah, second yeah. that's the same as the the doctor that he ends up going for. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they repeat that same scene in Never Say Never Again, I think. Uh, or did they? No, they didn't. They didn't. No. no I don't remember. Anyway, so I love it. There's so, so many freaking movies to keep track of. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah. So I mean, Thunderball versus On Her Majesty's Secret Service overall. This is a tough one because, I mean, this is really, Thunderball is really when it, like, the, obviously by the numbers, when it's the height of the popularity. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, 1965. Dr. Like, no, they still weren't sure what they were doing and what they had. They really started kind of getting it with From Russia With Love. Goldfinger kind of solidified it. And then Thunderball just, like, raised the stakes. Yeah. Um, this is this is a tough one for me. I'd almost say they were neck and neck, but I think I'd, I'd give a slight edge to Thunderbolt. I, I, I almost I, don't want to give that. the slight edge to Thunderbolt because I like better what they did. I think, with... Lazenby, I think a lot of what on a Magic Six Service is down to Lazenby. So I don't think you can say that that's the film. I think a lot of it's just Lazenby. I think that right. movie wouldn't have worked with Connery. And that's at the film's detriment, not Connery's detriment. Right. If you put, try to put Connery in a Majesty's Secret Service, it would seem ridiculous. Yes. Because imagine him trying to play like... A lovey guy. A gay, like, 
Well, yeah. there's that. Like yeah. games, yeah, yeah, Scottish, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. genealogists. Yeah. No way with that no. work. Right. There's no there's no woman in the world that could ever look at Sean Connery and think like, oh, I don't think he bats for our side. Like, yeah. no way. Yeah. That man is the straightest man to ever live. Yeah. And it just wouldn't work. Whereas Lazenby, I'd, I'd be, it was such a shame he didn't do another movie because it, it would have been so interesting. It's to hard to, yeah. How he, I, 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 and in I the think, same way, I don't think from Russia with Love, I don't think Lazenby could have done from Russia with Love. No. Or Goldfinger. But certainly one of the Moors yes. could have made a better, yes. you know. Well, I mean, technically he should have been doing them. Because yeah. they were looking to sign him for a six or seven movie contract. Yeah. Which yeah. is nuts. Um, yeah, so I think, I think you're right. I think for that, Thunderball gets the nod. Yeah, I think it has to. I think it's a better film. Yeah. All right, Thunderball. So, That's all right. a good song as well. Yes. Thunderball, Tom Jones. Tom, little Tom, uh, come on, <clears> Tom Jones, come on. Well, that match success was had a good number as well. That was um, what we've got all the time in the world. Louis Armstrong. Oh, yes, that's true. That's true. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, that's right. All right, so th- those are the winners of the first round from the Felix Leiter region. We have Goldfinger versus Diamonds Are Forever. Or I should say Goldfinger defeated Goldeneye. Uh, the spy, uh, Diamonds Are Forever defeated The Spy Who Loved Me. That's a little bit of an upset number-wise. So they will face each other in the next round. And Quantum of Solace beats You Only Live Twice, again by the numbers, uh, uh, upset. And Thunderball beats On Her Majesty's Secret Service. So Quantum of Solace goes up against Thunderball. Hmm. And that's, so our Elite Eight so far are Skyfall versus From Russia With Love, Casino Royale versus Spectre, um, Goldfinger versus Diamonds Are Forever, and Quantum of Solace versus Thunderball. So, I see a tough one, an easy one. An easy one. Actually, one tough one and three easy ones, I think. Yeah. In terms of what's what to go on from. Yeah, I think probably. Okay. All right, so th- that's, that's, that's <coughs> our countdown. And now to grade our... Drinks, which uh, there is nothing left of. Nope. So, what did you think, my friend? We did the Vesper Martini, mm-hmm. which was um, two parts or three parts uh, gin, two parts vodka, and one part or whatever I said it early on, something. Parts, parts, parts. It's gin, vodka, and vermouth with a lovely lemon twist in it. It's like the big grown-up version of a Long Island iced tea. It kind of... Yeah. Well, Long Island Iced Tea is kind of grown up. Well. Because it's just a bunch of booze with a Coke. Yeah, but the Coke. Yeah. I, feel, Coke, I associate yeah. women drinking it. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, but you yeah. have three of those, though. You'll be smashed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what did you think, sir, of this drink? I think this drink was fantastic. Yeah, it was It was good. It really was. Like, it, you know, as good as the martini was beforehand, like, yeah. adding that gin in there was like, oh. Yes, man. exactly. Exactly. I agree too. Because it just, you know, vodka's fine and it's a good vodka. Yes. But still, even the best vodka, like, doesn't have much of a flavor. It just kind of sits there and it's more about how smooth it is. But gin is like... Yeah, it got all those botanicals in it. Yeah. Yeah. And Hendrix is a very nice gin. Mm. Well, I know what I'm going to give it grade-wise. What are you going to give it grade-wise? What are you calling for? Ooh, I don't know. You go first. I'm okay. Sure. I'm giving this one. I'm going back up. Yeah, I'm giving this one a four point seven because mm. I think it was just that good. Yeah, 
I'd give it four seven as well. Yeah, I would. I I liked it a lot. It was good. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was a step up from the last one. I I think according to our grades here, we're not going to be reviewing any more beer because <laughs> <laughs> apparently we like the hard cocktails. <laughs> yeah, like, just imagine like comparing this to like some kind of fucking you know coconut peanut porter. I'd be like, oh. Yeah, I have a <laughs> bottle of Chivas Regal that my father put a wax cap on when I was a little boy <laughs> that he gave to me. And it was a 21-year-old bottle of Shiva's Regal to begin with. <laughs> or a 12. 12 or 21. It might have been a 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, he put the wax cap on. I think it might have been 10. Oof. <laughs> Which means, you know, I've got about a 50-year-old bo- 50 bottle of whiskey <laughs> sitting in the downstairs. So one of these days when something really big happens, I'm going to have to crack it open and taste it. Yeah. It, you see what, I wonder what happens. I feel like you'll open it and just all evaporates immediately. It just goes... No, I'm going to taste it. I'm going to drink it. I'm going to taste it. Someone's going to knock it over and it's going to break the floor. (laughs) And I'm going to have to record that as the only 5.0 drink that I've ever had. (laughs) Because we always talked about if we ever found a 5, you're never going to drink anything else. Well, there's only so many 50-year-old bottles of whiskey that I'm lying around. Yeah. So, All right, so 4.7. All right, folks, so... There we go. We are pretty much coming towards the end of the tournament. We have our Elite Eight set up. We've kind of discussed the various movies, and we just kind of got to compare and contrast the next one. And we'll be doing the next cocktail will also be a Vesper, and we'll be hitting it with the Monkey 47, which I'm a huge fan of. So that's it for us for today, and uh, we'll see you next episode, folks. Okay. Talk to you later. (laughs) 